Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. podcast where me Nicole Byer tries to figure out how I'm still single even though you could rip my TV out of the wall smash it on the floor and say no more entertainment for you bitch my my guest today is one of my favorite queens oh she just won RuPaul's Drag Race season 14 ooh baby ooh Willow Pill! <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's me. I'm Willow Pill, and I'm here to talk to you. Hi, Willow. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. I, can I just say, why won't you date me? Why won't you date me? Why won't you help me? Please tell me why. Fun fact, we did that twice. Marissa said, do you want to do that a third time? And I said, no, I think I got it. We got it. (laughs) (laughs) The number of times I've listened to that, um, I I told you this on the show, but I worked at a sushi restaurant for like three years before I was on Drag Race. Mm -hmm. And every time I was mopping in the mornings at like 10 a.m. to open up the shop, it would just be that in my head. Why won't you date me? Why? And then you'd be like talking to Alaska or some it's Willem so or something. It's so funny that you listen to that at 10 a.m. Just yeah. talking about uh, dicks and yum yums. Cucks and, and balls. <laughs> dicks and cocks. 
I do love a dick. Do you love a dick? You know what? They're pretty dang ugly. I don't know if I like them that much. <laughs> they are very ugly. If you like really get yeah. down to it and look at them, they're very hideous. They kind of remind me of like a sea cucumber, like a sandworm. <laughs> There's something so phallic about a dick. But I mean, that's that. <laughs> No, okay, I know what you mean. I know yeah, what you I, mean. That sounds, it sounds redundant to say that a dick is phallic, but it's yeah, like but... they really are, they're like, oh, that's sexual yes. <laughs> when you look at a dick. Yeah, sometimes, you know, you see like a mushroom with like a girthy stem and you're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. can get the heebie-jeebies a little bit. A little, yeah. Well, okay, we don't have to keep talking about dicks. Let's talk about you for a little bit. <laughs> So, okay, has your life changed? You just won Drag Race. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoyed watching you. I thought you were so fun. Has the dating life or just life in general changed any? You know, it's all kind of smushed together since the show started. And I really haven't had that much time to even realize that I won. Um, okay. You know, after, after I was at the viewing party, you know, finding out that I had won, it was like I woke up the next day and they're like, all right, get on your next plane. And so <laughs> I didn't really even have time to soak in the fact that I had just achieved my biggest life's dream. Um, so it's kind of been in increments over mm -hmm. the last few months that I'm realizing what just happened. And I'm finally in a place where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like so fucking proud yes! of myself. Well, and I'm so happy. Let me tell you, I fucking love that you said that you're proud because I feel like a lot of time people, myself included, achieve things and then you go, oh, it's whatever. But it's like, no, be fucking proud. Like, be be excited for yourself. No, I had to have that moment because I wasn't that excited for a while. I was like, oh, great. That's cool. Mm -hmm. um, and I... Even, you know, when you're like in the moment, you're shocked. You're like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I was just like, oh, my God, this what is happening. And then it was like a few months later, I think I like did some mushrooms as mm -hmm. I, I am known to do. And I just had this moment where I was like, oh, my God, like I to make it through that show as a chronically ill and disabled person is a feat in its own. And then to win it. Mm -hmm. I'm just like so beyond proud of myself. Yeah. And, but it took a while for that to, to really kick in. I'm so happy you got there. I feel like, yeah, I, it takes me a lot of time to be like, no, that is kind of a big deal. And that's delightful. Yeah. Um, let's talk about mushrooms real quick. I fucking love mushrooms. Oh, it's my favorite thing in the world. My favorite topic. Uh, I love them. I, I don't know why they're illegal. One. Two, no. I've had like such nice magical experiences on them. Um, mm -hmm. I don't sing karaoke, but you give me some mushrooms <laughs> and a baby. Will she have a nice time? <laughs> I love well, them. Before, I know before Drag Race, you know, I'm hoping they can include, I'm sure they can include this, but I was a mushroom seller. So I'd grow oh. and sell mushrooms. That was my little pandemic hobby slash side job. I love that. How do you grow mush? This is okay. So I was a farmer for a while uh, during the pandemic. Tomatoes. 
Tomatoes. Strawberries. Uh, <laughs> cucumbers. One at a time, please. And My you harvest sold them, would be... <laughs> yeah, you sold them by the gram. I, so, I <laughs> truly sold them by the whisper. I truly I grew nothing. How do you grow mushrooms? Um, it took a while to learn. It's a very long process. It's a long oh. game. Um, so I grew them in like tubs in our, in our hallway and you get these like cakes that have like manure and oh. grain and oh. seed in them. Oh. And you, you know, basically like incubate the cake with spores Ew. and oh. then wait for it to colonize and then eventually huh. grow into mycelium and then into mushrooms and then you harvest them and dry them. What? So from start treat. to finish, it's like six to ten weeks. That's so long. Also, you said so many words that I don't know. That's so okay. like I after manure cakes, I was like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Chlorophyll and phytoplasm. <laughs> and then the mitochondrium and then photosynthesis. I learned about plants, but I don't remember anything about no. them. Absolutely. Thanks. Here's a question. Do you like um what did I take the last a couple weeks ago? I did Molly at like two PM at a pool party and I was like, I'm gonna stay for an hour and then four hours later I was like melted into a couch being like, Everyone come to me and tell me a story. I feel nice. Oh um I yeah. tried Molly for the first time like two months ago, two or three months oh ago. Oh my god, how did it go? It was great. I mean, yes. the, the week after was not great. But that mm. night, I remember I went to see one of my favorite bands. Um, uh, what the fuck is their name? I love them so fucking much, and I can't even remember their name. A band? Um, um, my Chemical Mag- Romance. Mag- no, Magdalena Bay. Um, <laughs> I would never have gotten there. <laughs> I would never. Uh, Fergie. It was Fergie. Mag- uh, it was Fergie? Uh, no, it was Magdalena Bay. And... I look back on pictures and my pupils are as big as the <laughs> devil, devil's fucking dick. And um, so zooped out of my mind. I made out with like five people at the club afterwards. Every, literally uh, everyone. I was just like, let's make out. And they're like, yeah. And they're I like, wait, are you Willow Pill? And I'm like, yeah, I am. And they're like, let's make out. <laughs> <laughs> so just make out with everyone after my, I was making friends. I gave like, normally I'm, I'm kind of, reserved from mm-hmm. my fans and that night I was just giving everyone my telephone number just like call me if you need anything and Willow has anyone taken you up on it yes well I invited them all to a house party that I had <laughs> that weekend and they all ended up being good people like uh, you know they they were it was the right mix that night something was in the stars God uh, mother God was watching after me and, That's lovely, because that could yeah. have ended up a fully oh, different it way. It could have been horrible. I, my address could have been doxxed and all the fans <laughs> known. And Yes. But no, it was great, and they were lovely people, and I still chat with them every once in a while. I love that. Maybe you have to be in like the zone to be all kissy. The day I took Molly, I yeah. was like, I just want to sit and feel nice and have people talk at me. I was no, like, I don't want to engage. I wanted to run around and fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I wasn't horny that day, which seems out of character. <laughs> See, that's the op- maybe that's it, is because normally I'm not a very horny person. Oh. And so maybe it just switches you to the opposite of whatever your default is. Interesting. Maybe that's what it actually We're does. Something. We should I took this. it in Australia and I wasn't horny. 
I just danced very hard. Mm, oh, I love dancing. I love dancing too. I'm a Dance terrible dancer. I have zero rhythm. Um, it's honestly devastating. I it's really? very bad. Yes. I'm okay. I'm I'm a good dancer in the same way that like Kristen Wiig is a good dancer. Where it's like shit. <laughs> it's it's like good. you're like wow that's really good. There's something off about it. There's something off. And there's something very white about it. But it's it's something very white. <laughs> yeah, but it's very uh, but it's still on beat. You know she she catches she catches the rhythm very nicely, and I can do that. But it just looks a little awkward. Every now and again, I'll catch some rhythm, and I'll be like, oh my god, is this what it's like for people all the time? And then immediately <laughs> fall out of rhythm, and I'm like, okay, she's back to normal. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, I have a question. Yes. Where does your name come from, and did you enjoy how RuPaul said it? Because <laughs> some people on Twitter did not. I thought it was funny. Yeah, okay. So the name comes from, the. okay, it's, I always do the short version, but the, the, I would like the I'll long. Give you the, here's the long version. Ooh, so yes. the long version is that my name, I don't go by this anymore, but out of drag, my name was William. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I just go by Willow all the time. Or or Billy. Billy. Ooh, I, I, I like Bill, Billy. I, I don't go by Billy. I'm just saying that now. Maybe that'll catch on after I start, after this podcast. <laughs> 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 I like I like Billy because it's kind of like a gender. gender I don't go by name. Billy. I'm saying it now on this podcast now, in yeah. hopes that it catches on. <laughs> I like Billy. B i l l i e. I think that's yeah. really cute. Or Billy just, Pill. Billy Pill. Oh, that sounds Ooh. like a country singer. It does. It's really fucking cute. Yeah, maybe I'll change B-I-L-L-I. it. B i l l i. Maybe no e at the end. Billy. Billy Pill. Yeah. I'm feeling it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but. So Willow, yeah, I watched um, from 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 behind the kind of rails of the staircase. I would watch uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer when mm-hmm. my sisters would watch, and I obviously wasn't allowed to watch because that show is you know a lot of teens fucking. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom was like, "No, no, um, <laughs> you mustn't Willow, watch the teens fuck." <laughs> yes, but Willow, um, played by uh, is it Allison Hannigan? Yes, yes. She was on it, and she's, you know, this lesbian witch, and she had red hair, and I just thought she was so fucking cool. And I related to her because, A, she was queer, and B, her name was Willow. And I was like, oh, that's basically my name. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in high school, a lot of my f- friends would call me Willow Smith. They'd be like, Willow, <laughs> Willow Smith, and I'd be like, LOL. And then eventually, <laughs> it just felt like the right name. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> um, and then pill happened just because I take an obscene amount of pills ever since I was a little, little infant. Um, so pills mm-hmm. are part of my everyday uh, repertoire. I love it. And it just, and it just rolls off the tongue. Will it, pill. Yeah, it just works. Will Pill. I it truly made me laugh every time Rue said it. <laughs> okay, so when we were filming, when we were uh-huh. filming, I thought it was pretty funny. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting the what is it called when she gives you a name? Yeah. Um, favoritism. There's a yeah. <laughs> well that, first of all, yes. When she gives you a name, you kind of do get the favoritism. Um, I forget what it's called when she when she gives you one of those names. Yodel, a yodel. A yodel? I, I think that's what it's Again, called. Again, I would never have gotten there. It's called a yodel? 
I might just be pulling that out of my ass, but we're going to say that that's true. I don't know. I like it. Yeah, so I was I was just happy that I was the queen to get it. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. yes, I am the Ivy Winters of the season. <laughs> it gives you more attention, gives you more airtime, mm-hmm. um, makes you more memorable to her because, you know, she's a f- forgetful old lady. Um, so she never forgot my name. So I loved it. And then when it came out and the fans were reacting to it, you know, they were kind of split. But there was a lot of people that hated it. And they yeah. were like, RuPaul's infantilizing Willow, and she already talks about how she hates that. And I was like, I, I genuinely think she mistakenly thought that my name was a pun. <laughs> <laughs> well, her heart. it is a pun. It Like, if you say it, it that way, you, if it you is make a it, pun. Yeah, if you make it a pun, it's a pun. But yeah, it, was not, like... <laughs> it was not intended to be a pun. Which is just so funny. I It's a little bit of the uh, Joey... Joey Gay poison Ivy bagism, yeah. where it's like, do you remember? It was like, it was just like, no, it's an Ivy bag. And it's like, yeah, but you're covered in poison Ivy. So it's a poison Ivy bag. So it's like, will pill, willow pill, will pill. Like, if you just like say it like that, I don't know. I I, I thought it was so funny. It made me, it made me too. I thought it was a real treat. I enjoyed it. And on set, she would go on for a long time. Like, <laughs> Uh, on on the screen, it was just like Willow Pill, but on set, she'd be mm-hmm. like Willow, Willow. She don't want a big, she want a Willow Pill. She went, oh, 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 Like she would do that uh-huh. for like a half hour, uh-huh. and the other girls would just be like, "Notice me, please." That's so funny, and yeah, I. People ask me about Drag Race all the time, and I'm like, oh, what people don't know is Rue is funnier than what they air. Oh, Rue is <laughs> full on a fucking hoot. She's so funny. She was the most entertaining part of my day every day. Every mm-hmm. morning, I was just like, I wonder what Rue's going to say today. Mm-hmm. And they, they have to cut out 90% of it, because unfortunately, most of it is you know, not for the television. So filthy. It's filthy. It's cancelable. <laughs> but yeah. but it's like so fucking good. She does her own one woman show every morning. Um, she really does. It's incredible. I So I'm like a big, big fan of being your own biggest fan. And like I do stand up and people will be like, you really just laugh at yourself. And I'm like, yeah, man. I'm not going to get out of bed, get on a plane, land in Idaho, get on a stage and not have fun. Like, what's You're wrong right. with you? <laughs> right. I feel the same way. I'm, it's, uh, yeah, I don't, there, there's no room for being sour if this is what you're going to choose for a career. Yeah, I fully fucking agree. And Rue will laugh at her own jokes. And I mean, obviously, the whole show, every everything is a Rue reference. She's just yeah. sitting there, just jerking <laughs> off under the table. <laughs> And that's really what's under the table, not sweatpants. Yeah, not sweatpants. It's a giant cock. (laughs) Fully erect. I have a question. Okay. So comedians have chuckle fuckers. I think Ben de la Creme is the one who coined this for me, a clown chaser. Do you have clown chasers when you travel? Not really. Well, okay. So I have many inquiries mm-hmm. inquirings about um <laughs> fucking and the sort um but i don't really engage in it that much okay it's not because i'm not interested it's just because um i'm too tired like mm-hmm. by, by the time you get back from the club and it's you know 2 a.m and your flight is at 
eight in the morning, mm-hmm. the last thing I want to do is, you know, put on some brows and douche and go <laughs> meet some guy that's in my comments. Like, I love you, Willow Pill. And his name is, you know, Six Day Load. So <laughs> it's it, by the after the gig and you're feeling kind of gross and tired, it's just not really what I'm in the mood for. I get it. A little bit. Well, I, well, the thing is, is that a lot of the other girls will do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, not to name names, but Lady Camden, she <laughs> she will she tells me about all of her fun escapades in different cities, where she, you know she will take the four hours of sleep she, that she has, and you know go out and find a hot guy and mm-hmm. and have sex. And I'm like, oh, that sounds great, but I just don't. I I just can't do it. The amount of energy I have. The older I get, the more I'm like. I'm tired. I can't mm-hmm. do that. So if I'm doing like three days somewhere, I'll take one of the days to be like, let's just try it out. See what I could reel in. And a lot of times it don't work. I just went to Mexico. I wasn't doing comedy or anything. I was on a vacation and mm. I couldn't find any dick in Mexico. It was so upsetting. But I was in Puerto Vallarta, which is pretty gay. <laughs> so I think I was just in the wrong spot. Yeah, I don't know if PV is is really <laughs> the, the place spot for me to find, to find, to find, to find dick. straight cock. <laughs> I was like, nobody at this drag show wants to fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you use um, to find um, penis? <laughs> so I'm on all of the apps. I'm on Raya, Tinder. What is Hinge. Raya? Raya? You don't know what Raya is? No. Raya is a full-blown nightmare where semi-famous people and Australian DJs have to apply and get oh, referrals from friends. Yes, I've heard about this. I think I might have heard about it on your podcast. Probably. I hate it and I talk about it a lot. Yeah. Are they sponsoring you? <laughs> No, they waitlisted me for two years. But you're on it now. Now she's on it. She pays. The, she pays a, a pretty penny to stay on it. Beautiful. <laughs> Have you had any success on it? Not on Raya. I went on a date with a person who asked me to read one of their scripts, and I was like, I don't have a production company. Also, I have bad reading comprehension. You don't want this from me. Was I, that a first I can't date? do this. It was a very first date, and it was also the last date. That yeah, absolutely. That first and last, honey. That would be the moment where I would be like, absolutely not, goodbye. Yes, no, thank you. I will read to you what this person said to me on um on fucking what was it? It was maybe hinge. I don't know. Hold on. Hold your horses. I want to read you something. And I am never fucking prepared. One of these days I will like, you know, set things up and be like, this is what I'm going to read to you. Okay. So this person messaged me on Tinder and they said, I love you. I thought Trudy Judy was kind of annoying. Do you want to go out? So if you don't, so I played this part of this lady named Trudy Judy on Brooklyn Nine Nine, and this man messaged me to say, "Thought I was annoying on a TV show, but they love me and they want to take me out." And I was like, "Is this negging? Why? Is this like, why? why? Why do you think I need to know this? Just ask me out on a date, and then in person, actually." 
don't ever tell me that you don't like something I've done. I don't want no, it. <laughs> no, don't do that. Why? I think people don't understand that, like, sure, criticism mm-hmm. is a thing. It can happen. You can have thoughts. I don't want to know your, your thoughts. I did it. Some people just don't. It sounds like this person just doesn't love themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that is the problem when it comes down to that kind of shit. I mean, I'm sure you know, as someone in the public eye, is that when you get that kind of hate, even if they mean it mm-hmm. well, even if they're like, you know, because I've gotten that a lot. Like at, at DragCon, I had a lot of people come up to me and be like, I really wasn't a fan at the beginning, but you won me over. And I'm like, you know? wait, you can just leave that part to yourself. <laughs> but the part of them that chooses not to is the part of them that like wants you to know something was wrong with you at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Something was a little fucked up about you, but you fixed it. (laughs) Yeah, they they want to make that little dig right at you. (laughs) Yeah, people love to, yeah, they really do love to be like, I thought you were really annoying on this, but then I watched you on this or listened to that, and honestly, you are pretty funny. And I'm like, okay, um, sorry that you didn't like everything I put out there, mm-hmm. but guess what? Nobody likes all of you either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I personally know that your mother hates you. Your mother That's fucking it. hates you. She's talking about you right now. <laughs> She's on the other line. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Willow, real quick, we gotta take a break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DateMe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DateMe. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! (laughs) 
consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. Bebop, boobop, we're back. Okay, Willow, you're from Denver? No. Yes. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Why'd you follow it up with no? I don't know. Nicole, you gotta <laughs> stop downing yourself. Listen, I don't have the same confidence I used to have. I told you my reading comprehension is low, and I'm reading the research I have on you. Okay, so you went to Colorado State University. Is that in Denver? Is this Wikipedia? No, I have a lovely new assistant. So my former assistant, bad lady, stole from me. Very, very, very rude. Didn't do anything I asked her to do. I've been talking about her for like the last five episodes. I won't let it go. She's petty. (laughs) But my new one, I love her so much. She... She does like a little like I asked for a one pager, but she gives me like two or three pages of information on people. So like I also have um, uh, tweets that you've tweeted that we could talk about. I have so much information. Okay, let's start. Let's start with where I'm from. So, okay, um, Yeah. Okay. so I was born in Evansville, Indiana. I lived lived there for like three weeks. My family immediately moved. They're like skedaddle Mm -hmm. um, to Denver. So I just say I was born and raised in Denver. Um, and then, Which is yeah. a lie, but you know, let me clear it up it's, today. It's less to explain to people. <laughs> um, but then the thing is that I always go into the spiel about that afterwards, anyway. So it ends up being the same length. <laughs> I love that you're like for clarity yeah. and you for know, like born in Denver, but actually, <laughs> like I do that all the time too. Where I'm like, I won't tell you the whole story, but an hour later, I'm like, I'm so sorry, I've taken so much of your time. <laughs> Um. So yeah, born and raised in Denver, <laughs> and then you went to college in Denver, and then when did you start doing drag? Okay, so I went to college is in Fort Collins, which is like an hour or two outside of Denver. And okay, um, I had been wanting to drag forever. I'd watched since season one when I was fourteen mm-hmm. years old. Tammy Brown really, you know, got me into the trap. Boy, oh boy, Tammy Brown just bopping around to Destiny's Child. Or no, was that a Michelle Williams song that she got eliminated on? Uh, It was Destiny's Child, I think. Oh boy, very funny. She was just like bopping and smiling. Michelle Williams has her own songs. Um, It's uh, Break the Dawn. Okay, I'll listen to it after. When Jesus saying yes, nobody can say no. (laughs) Um, I love that song, by the way. I don't think I know that one. Oh, you haven't heard that one? She got Beyonce to be on that. She did? Yes, Beyonce is on that song. Do you like the new Beyonce song? I love it. I love it too. People had thoughts and I was like, we should be so lucky she's A, making music. Two, who doesn't love like a house fucking dance bop? Oh yeah, she really said hi gay with that song. (laughs) I know there's a lot of, you know, rhetoric around like, you know, Beyonce singing about quitting a nine to five and she's never had to work a nine to five well here's the thing quit your nine to five if it's not sustaining you spiritually there's so many other fucking things you could do for money there is you could win drag race you could win drag race you can start a podcast you could i don't know there's like start an etsy store make tiny furniture i'll buy it 
Make little soaps. Yes, teeny tiny soaps. Okay, so you Where went were we to... We got, we got lost Fort, into a Destiny's Child Fort, tangent. <laughs> Fort Collins... Not Indiana, yeah, Collins, Colorado. Blah, blah, blah. Watched Drag Race, liked it, started drag when I was 21. Been doing it for six years. I love it. I love it. Wait, so you were born in... Let's do some math. You're... You started at 21. You've been doing it for six years. That's 27. 27 minus the year 2022. You were born in 1947. When were you born? In 1995. I'm, ter- <laughs> I'm terrible at math. 1995, yeah. 1995. Oh, my God. You're so fucking young. <gasps> I'm old. Oh, no. Oh, that no. didn't feel good. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel better, George is like 14, so... How old is Georgia? She's so she looks. I think young. she just turned twenty-two. Oh my god! What yeah. a dream to be so young and supple with good skin. I know. Wait, ninety-five. I think I was in fifth grade. I don't know. So you started drag at twenty-one, and you were like, "This is what I want to fucking do forever." Kind of. You know, I almost quit because. I, you know, did one big student showcase at the college that I was at. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like thousands of people because it was like a big, like, you know, fundraising event. And um, I was like, oh, my God, it's going to always be like this. There's always going to be like thousands of people screaming for me mm-hmm. in my fucking hideous makeup and clothes. <laughs> uh, from Forever 21 plug sponsor. Um, mm-hmm. And then... You know, it's like a couple of years of just doing free gigs and like begging people to be in their show, going mm-hmm. to shows in drag and just like walking around being like, hi, I'm Willow. Can I please perform for you? <laughs> um, it was a lot of that and it was very lonely and long and there was not many entry level shows in Denver at the time. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had to really claw my way through and then eventually... I realized that I didn't have to do just, like, top 40, and I could make, like, comedy out of my drag. Mm-hmm. And that's... And Evie helped me. When I met her, I was like, oh, she's someone doing something different. She's successful, so why can't I do it? And so I started doing that and became known as, like, the conceptual comedy kind of theatrical queen of Denver. And then I just started... I love that. ...started building from there, and eventually I became, like, the it girl at the time. Is Evie your drag mother or drag sister? Uh, I consider her my sister. Because okay. we more compete with each other and hang out with each other. She's not really someone that's like passed down years mm-hmm. of secrets to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I like when people find their own lane for shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, when I was in my early 20s, I was, like, working at a store called Lame Giant. Other people know it as Lame Bryant. And the <laughs> girls who work there would be like, God, Nicole, you're so fucking weird. And I'd be like, okay, maybe one day they'll <laughs> like me. And then one day they did start to like me, and they would dance with me when, like, my favorite song by the Scissor Sisters came on the CD that repeated three times a day. And it was like, I, I just... What Scissor Sisters song was it? I don't feel like dancing. I don't know if I know that one. I don't feel like dancing. <laughs> you know, I don't know melodies. I don't know rhythm. Um, <laughs> and that wasn't helpful for you. But it's a fun song. I love Filthy and, uh, and Gorgeous. That's uh, the song. Because I'm filthy, filthy and gorgeous. You, wow, you really don't have rhythm. <laughs> 
You were so off. <laughs> um, my best friend Sashir and I play a game all the time where I'm like, what's this song? And I'm like, <laughs> she's like, okay, that's Destiny's Child Survivor. And I was like, thank you. And it's like nobody else around us would ever guess it. But she's just been around me for too long. Um, but yeah, they all thought I was fucking weird. And then one day they were like, weird is okay. And we want to like dance with her. And that's, yeah. So I'm like, just keep being you. And I like mm-hmm. that you kept being you and found your lane and was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I think it was the talent show, the bathtub number that you did mm-hmm. was so fucking weird and funny and delightful to see on television. Do you know yep. what I mean? Thank it was like, you. it was so strange and I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I find through my years of wisdom that <laughs> if you're weird or offering something that people aren't used to, they'll get used to it. You mm-hmm. know, they they will learn to like it. And usually what's making them not like it at the beginning is just something inside of themselves that's like keeping them from liking it or not mm-hmm. being not being in tune with it yet. Um, and then they learn. And that's, you know, that's how you are as a kid. I remember I, I wouldn't understand a lot of great humor if I didn't, you know, practice listening to comedy and, and finding mm-hmm. the right comedians. You know, you start out with the basics and then you delve into what you really like. Mm-hmm. And when doing that talent show, it kept me up for weeks. <laughs> weeks. Really? Oh, during quarantine, um, during the quarantine, like in the hotel room, mm-hmm. um, I like had such a difficult time sleeping because I knew the talent show was going to be first. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck am I about to do in front of the world? <laughs> this is going to be viewed by millions of people. And my talent is throwing spaghetti in a bathtub and getting naked. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be ridiculed and hated by the masses. And But I just had to remember that, like, you know, even if the people that don't get it at first, they'll, they'll, they'll get it later. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, Half of people loved it and half of people didn't quite understand it. But those half that didn't understand it eventually got it by the end of the show Mm -hmm. because they became in tune with what I was offering. Yeah. I, and I think that's like a really good lesson to just like truly just stay true to yourself because people don't know what they want until they want it. Yes. Which is, you know, I think about like, you know, the Melissa McCarthy's of the world or like the Issa Rae's of the world who like just kept doing what they do until the world went, ooh, baby, you yes. like that. Um, but boy, oh boy, your brain works in a way that I've never thought of. I have never once <laughs> done something and went, uh-oh, millions of people are going to see that. I just kind of do things and go, I hope a single person sees that. <laughs> Like I, <laughs> I mean, it, okay. So the thing is, is that I had done something similar for a video that I had released, and that mm-hmm. for that I was like, oh, I want everyone to see this. Mm-hmm. But going into Drag Race, you know what the yes. fans are like, and the fans are ruthless, cruel. I <laughs> uh, have a lot to say. Want to tear you down? They will bully the <laughs> shit out of you until you feel like you're in middle school again. <laughs> And so that was really what was resonating with me more. And also knowing that being on television is no longer my little Facebook. It's going to be viewed by my Mm -hmm. elementary school teachers. It's going to be viewed by my middle school classmates. 
by my neighbors, by my mom's church friends. Like, mm-hmm. it's very different um, when it goes from your little circle that understands your humor to the the world of judgment. Yeah, again, never think like that. <laughs> Sometimes my sister will go, oh, uh, this girl I work with is a huge fan of yours. And I'm like, really? How did she figure out we're sisters? She's like, my last name. And I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, I'm dumb. <laughs> um, so has anyone from your past like reached out to be like, Willow, remember me? Well, you know, I have my messages heavily filtered <laughs> to only be wait how how do you do that so like on instagram i can only get messages from people that i also follow i'll get oh. I'll, I'll get your message in a request bin if i don't follow oh, you. okay um but i rarely go through that um which sucks because it's you know i'm like missing out on a lot of you know supportive and great messages from people that want mm-hmm. to tell me things but at the same time, it just keeps my brain more on track because mm-hmm. the amount, the influx of messages I've gotten through this season, especially while the season was airing, was like so overwhelming. So mm-hmm. overwhelming. And I did get some from like um, middle school classmates and a lot of my mom's like old church friends. Which was mm-hmm. so weird because I was like, weren't you homophobic like two months ago? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you something. Fame cures homophobia, <laughs> yes, racism, and a lot of bad things in the world. Yes. It is kind of wild. We are like, oh, you were shitty to me before. Yeah. And now you're fine? Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think if anyone from my past has crept up to be like, hello, that I didn't like. I don't think so. I think all the people I don't like have stayed the fuck away, which is I know. nice. I wish I had one of those stories, you know, where it's like there was some guy that some jock that bullied me in high school mm-hmm. and he used to lock me in the locker. And then he was like, oh, well, I want to hang out with you and marry you. And I said, no, <laughs> sir, even though you're hot. <laughs> uh, but no, I don't have that story. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, me either. I wish I did though. It'd be so cinematic. It would be a right? very main. It's a very main character moment to have. Yeah, I don't have a lot of main character moments, yeah. but I am the main character. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I the main character who just isn't in frame all the time. <laughs> <laughs> who's never hitting their mark, so they're just half on the screen, half not. It's, it's a very just, messy movie. Just I'm like in. Your, your ponytail creeping <laughs> out in the corner, and you're like, "Get out uh-huh. of my laboratory." <laughs> I love that. Here's a question. So you were pretty open about your chronic illness, which Mm -hmm. I have written down somewhere here. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, she can't pronounce that. Try. Anyway. (laughs) Try. I I don't know how to pronounce a single thing. There's a lot of uh, letters next to other letters that I'm like, hmm, not for me. But um. (laughs) Have a ton of people with other like um, il- chronic illnesses or like autoimmune deficiency or not deficiency. I don't know. You know, things that they deal with. Have they reached out to you? And do you find that overwhelming? Uh, th- so, yes, I've had an enormous influx of messages, love, meet and greets, whatever it is from people dealing with chronic illness, disabilities. Um, yeah. Temporary diseases. It's um been so so much 
Mm-hmm. It is a lot. You know, there I take it in when and how I can. Um, you know, if I opened myself completely to these people, I would be crying every day mm-hmm. and at every meet and greet. And that's not fair for me to, to kind of overwhelm myself with all that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I try to give those people their moment and listen to them and, um, you know, have a genuine moment with them. Because I know that I have touched the hearts of a lot of people. And I try not to minimize that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, filter out what I can to protect myself. Because um, otherwise it is, it's so drowning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, that balance is something that I'm still trying to find the right way to approach. I like that. I sometimes have a hard time putting up boundaries with people and I'll just let people talk at me until they yeah. feel satiated. And then I'll like go back to my hotel room and be like, oh, well, now I don't feel great. And yeah. uh, I feel really sad. And you feel okay. like, a, like a, you feel kind of like a husk afterwards. Yeah. Cause it's a lot to perform and like give yourself that way and then do a meet and greet where you give yourself to somebody a, a different way. And then they're like, oh, here are all my problems. You helped me through da 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 da. And then I'm like, okay. Uh, all right. I don't, I don't, because I don't have the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Like there isn't anyone that I'm looking up to on television or anything that's like helping me through something. Same. And not that I find it weird or anything, but it's like, if you don't perform, then like, that's how you go about, you know, I guess identifying with somebody. I don't, I don't really, I don't, I don't have that part of my brain where I need that. Do you know what I mean? I just go to therapy. Yeah. Neither do I, but you know, I remember it, there being a time when I did need that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to minimize the importance of it. I mean, I it, like I said when I was saying earlier that I it's taken me a while to realize how proud of myself I am. I don't want to make it seem like it's not a big deal that I won. It, it is a big mm-hmm. deal that I won. It's a big deal that I was even on the show. There are very, very few people um, in television movies and especially reality television that deal with chronic illness and disabilities, um, especially queer and trans people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to minimize how that is a, a, a big deal. Um, and it's important. Um, so I, I, yeah, it's, and I never had anyone like myself to look up to mm-hmm. in this way. I've kind of had to be my own. I've had to be my own hero oh. <laughs> through my life. What's that Mariah Carey song? I can be your hero, baby. No, that's not it. <laughs> oh wait, when it, that's more. When that's more on. Comes <laughs> along. Well, yeah, I could be my hero, baby. <laughs> wait, that's not how that goes. Again, she doesn't know a single song. She never will. No, but I understand what you're saying. That you have to be your own role model, essentially. Yeah. Oh my God, I had to figure it out on my own. Of course, I had role models. Jinx was a huge role model for mm-hmm. me. Um, growing up, she really showed me how to bring a humanity and warmth to drag mm-hmm. um, that I we hadn't really seen on the show yet. She's honestly one of my biggest idols. I hope you've opened the door for other gals like you. That sounds insane. What an insane sentence. Yeah. But just like other people... <laughs> 
just other people with like chronic illnesses and whatnot. It's like girls like um, us, we, we go girls hard. Girls like us. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know a better way to say that without sounding condescending. Do you yeah, know what I mean? No, I, know I just hope you've opened a door for casting to be like, like I'd love to see a queen in a wheelchair or like yep. just a a queen who. I don't think I'm supposed to say differently abled anymore. I think I just say handicapped now. Just disabled. Oh, just disabled. I think, yeah, just disabled. Oh, okay. Listen, the terms, the, I, what did I see? I saw a play. It was called Take Me Out, Go for the Dicks, Stay for the Art. That's what I say. <laughs> but um, there's a line in it where this guy calls black people colored. And then the the white guy goes, no, they're people of color. And he's like, why does it keep changing? And he's like, I don't know. We just have to trust them. And that made me laugh so hard. because I was like, yeah, <laughs> if people decide that they want to be called something else, we go, yes. Okay. Yes. We figure we just, we go, okay, you know better than I. So, okay. Disabled. Thank you for, thank you for helping your <laughs> sad, silly friend. Um, yeah. I just hope it opens the door for more disabled people to be on the show. Yeah, I hope so. And, not even, you know, of course it'd be great if they're on the show, but also just having more conversations. I think one thing I'm very proud of this season is that I was able to talk a lot on the show about not just being like, hi, I have a disability or I have chronic mm-hmm. illness, but explaining what it's like to live and work with that. Mm-hmm. Um, explaining to people, and this is something that I've been, you know, a little frustrated with over the last few months is that we hold not only the Drag Race queens to a high standard, but the Drag Race winners to a very high standard to constantly be pumping out content Mm -hmm. and giving to the fans. It's like they're never fully satiated. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, kind of have to be like, hey, this is unfair. You, You cannot, you know, exalt this, disabled person and to have them be like, you're my winner. And then not also make accommodations for what that's like mm-hmm. to live that life. So I'm hoping that I'm opening doors to the conversations around work and energy mm-hmm. um, that disabled people have to deal with. I mean, I, I can't work a full, um, you know, full-time job. That's too much mm-hmm. energy for me. I can't even work most jobs. I can't really serve anymore. I served, food for 10 years and now my hands can't really do that and I don't know what I'm you know this is a long tangent but it's like no but it's an interesting tangent yeah we have to re look and reimagine what um work looks like for yes. disabled people and chronically ill people because it's not fair to say oh well you know to have a home and water and food and health you have to work the same as everyone else mm-hmm. and we can't make exceptions. Like, no, you, you, you can make an exception. Yeah, you absolutely can. And you absolutely can ask somebody what they're capable of. Yeah. And if they're capable of less than what you expect, that doesn't make them lesser of a person, even mm-hmm. non chronically ill people. Yes, I, everyone. I was just having this conversation with somebody where I was like, I wish there was a world where you could look at your boss and go, I need a two day break. A two-day paid break because you don't need me these two days, technically. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little on edge and I just need the days. As opposed to, like, you have 10 vacation days and you can use them as mental health days if you want, but that eats into your vacation. So it's like when you do take a vacation, you're then like, 
bugging out because you're just like, oh, maybe I'm not getting paid. I don't know. I just think that we could work better. Like I cut down oh a little God. bit on my workload and I feel <laughs> healthier. Like I feel yes. better. You feel better. And we should be working less. We should not be working this much. There's no need. I agree. There really is no fucking need. Marketing? What the fuck do we need that for? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck is the point? There is so many. I think if, if COVID, you know, gave us many lessons, but one of the lessons it gave us is that we do not need to be working that much. Yeah, and we don't need to be working in person as much. No. I don't know how before the pandemic, I recorded every single podcast episode I ever did in person, along with traveling, touring, working on sets, writing. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just, I, I don't know. I guess I was just never home. And I like being home. There's yeah. a bed here. There's air conditioning. My dog is here. It's nice. They've really tricked us. They really tricked us into thinking that you have to be constantly working and that you are only worth how much you work. Yes. What that says to someone who can't work or is not able to is that you are worthless. Mm -hmm. And so I, I've been thinking about making a message to the, the, the public. and But it's difficult sometimes when I see comments or hear people being like, oh, well, she talks too much about her illness or... She seems tired or exhausted. I've seen a lot mm -hmm. of that since I've been on the road touring. Um, or she seems, you know, she's she's not giving the energy she should as a winner. It's like what, I know you don't mean it in that way, but to me, it computes as like, oh, well, she's worthless because she's mm -hmm. not working hard because she can't. And it gets into your brain in a very detrimental way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you're listening, don't be that person. Yeah. Let people let people fucking be. Yes. <laughs> like let people be. Let people be. Honestly, I think it should be illegal to have any comments on social media besides you look pretty. That was nice. Good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like telling someone they look tired is not kind. It's no. really cuz it's like I might be exhausted but I don't need you to look at me and me tell me that I'm tired. I already fucking know. Yeah. Like just just be nice. Yes. I don't know why it's so difficult. I don't know why either. I can I can literally confidently say with like 99% confidence, I have never made a bad comment to someone online on, on any social media unless they're like problematic and fucked up. A hun I can say 100% sure that I have never said anything but like a fire emoji or you go yes. girl. <laughs> like no, you're no all that and a why. bag of chips. Now yeah. have I have I thought bad thoughts about people? Absolutely. Of course. 100%. They're called indoor thoughts. You yes. keep them inside your soul. You don't tell people. You no. talk about them behind their back like any other good normal fucking exactly. person. And that goes out. You know, fans, if you're listening, you, you can talk behind my back all the <laughs> fuck you want. But I don't want to see you in my comments. Don't want to. Okay, we have to take one more break. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus, the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because... Sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things and Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to Newly.com, N-U-U. L-Y.com that's newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving, and I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. And we back. Okay, so you and Cornbread put out a single called Angle. Yes, angel. It's pronounced angel, but it's spelled angle. Oh my god, I'm stupid. It's confusing. No, you're not stupid. No, it's no, it's not confusing. I'm just a big fucking dumb fatty. Um, I love cornbread, <laughs> <laughs> and I love your friendship. Like it's just so. She's got a huge tattoo of you now, right? Oh yeah, right on her thigh. I love that. That's sweet. That's not gonna wash off. It is not going to wash off. It is very large, very colorful. Um, and it's beautiful. So how did that friendship blossom? It was obviously on the show. And then yeah. and then after the show, you guys continued being besties? Yeah. So when I, you know, before Drag Race, you hear, you know, little, little whispers of who whispers. might be on. And I had mm-hmm. heard that there was a chance that she might be on. And I'd been a a little bit of a fan for a while. I'd known, known who she was. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited to meet her. And then when we met, 
she was such a big personality mm-hmm. and I'm very quiet. Um, so it's not that we didn't mesh or anything. It's just, I was like, Oh, I don't think we're really gonna like mm-hmm. be, be besties. And it was after that, literally right after the talent show, we were on, you know, those golf course carts that you see in Untucked when they're like driving mm-hmm. back and forth from set to set. And I got on the golf cart with her and she told me, she was like, Willow, I didn't get you, but now I do. And that just meant so much to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, I thought the talent show didn't go very well because I couldn't hear the judges laughing when I was in the tub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember, he- I remember hearing her say that and being like, oh my God, even though I might go home tonight, that meant the world to me. And then our friendship kind of developed through the show. And then this one day, right the day before she left, we were left alone in the green room preparing for our interviews and we had like a three-hour conversation, which is Aww. rare, very rare on Drag Race. They don't, you know, they want everything to be on camera, so you don't get a mm-hmm. lot of alone time. And we just shot the shit for like three hours about how fucked up both of us were. <laughs> <laughs> Sharing things that we cannot say <laughs> on any podcast or really in any room without, mm-hmm. without um, you know, a mental health expert coming and locking us up. <laughs> And it was just so great. I felt that for the first time in the competition, I was like, I have a friend here ah. who, re- who really knows me and will protect me. And I don't have to worry about them playing any mind games with me. Mm-hmm. And then the next day she was gone because of the ankle thing. Um, and, oh no. that, and that's why when you see me on TV, I'm like sobbing mm-hmm. because I was like the one lifeline that I had ah. is now gone. Um, and I have to put up with the rest of these girls. Thankfully, I ended up loving the other girls <laughs> and making friends. That's truly devastating. Because yeah. when you make a friend, I know when I make a friend where I'm like, oh boy, I love this person. If they were like suddenly ripped away from me and I was like in a high pressure situation, I'd be like, oh no, what do I do yes. now? I sleep forever? What happens? And they're ripped away from you in a way that's not like, oh, you have to say goodbye now. It's like you get a mm-hmm. video a video camera in front of Dra- RuPaul that's like, bye. And then they're like, all right, now do this mini challenge where you're pretending to fuck the pit crew. <laughs> and, and you're like sobbing, like <laughs> smashing balloons between your groins. Just like, oh, I miss cornbread. <laughs> it's just, it was a very upsetting to me. I'm so sorry. But you'll always have that memory of being very sad uh, you know, air thrusting into yeah. a very uh, sexy person. Yeah. Oh, I thought about it. Remember when I was like, I don't think I've ever looked up to anyone. I look up to the minions. I think they're so funny. They <laughs> only say banana, but they convey so much. I was like really racking my brain. I was like, surely I look up to someone. Oh my God. I was like, mm. Those little yellow idiots in their overalls. I love them. You know, that's a good good group of people to look up to because they really represent everyone. They have no they are they are everything. They are no specific race. They are no specific gender. They just are. <laughs> and so, you know, I think that that's an amazing group. <laughs> I love it. They really just are. They, they just, don't. Yeah, they don't have a gender. I mean, I think they have male leaning names, but like, I don't know. I don't think I call the minions males. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Um, I think I look forward to their TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a question about a tweet that you tweeted. You tweeted that you wanted Moses from the animated movie The Prince of Egypt <laughs> to part your ass cheeks. 
in your opinion, is that the hottest animated character? Or is there another? Oh, there's a few. He was definitely one of the first. I grew up very, very Christian. You know, my dad was a pastor and I went to private Christian school. So, you know, when it was movie time, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in elementary school and they don't know what else to do, they're like, here, here's a movie. Um, <laughs> you know, the VHS was often Prince of Egypt. And, you know, not really having any male, sexualized male characters around me at the time. You know, this was a, you know, shortly post 9-11 world. Mm -hmm. Um, Moses was there. Um, He was ripped and he had that like luscious (laughs) brown hair. And there's that scene where they like, he's like naked and they like throw the water on him. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, he was just so fucking hot. (laughs) I would absolutely fuck the hell out of that. Moses cartoon. Same. I'm looking at a picture of this Moses cartoon and I'm like, oh my word. Very sexy. I loved Aladdin and I loved Adult Simba. Adult Simba did <laughs> it for me. See, Aladdin <laughs> couldn't do it for me because, you know, he's cute, but it's like in Prince of Egypt, they had him like naked with camels and water. <laughs> It was so much You're more like, there sexual. Was nudity. Yeah, it was. It was, and he was like covered in sand and like dirty. It was, you know, Aladdin. They, they didn't really go there. They didn't go there for you. I also loved um, when Shrek turns into his human form mm-hmm. in Shrek Two, and I think he's na- there's again there's like a scene that he's like naked in, and they like you know the girls the like milkmaids are like. <laughs> and they like throw him a towel and he's like Ugh. you know it's just because you know they know what they're doing when they make these movies and they, they like allude <laughs> they're like alluding to them being like oh they've got genitals uh-huh. <laughs> I now have to rewatch the Prince of Egypt and Shrek 2 and yeah. I'm very excited to do both yeah it's fantastic well, Willow, we have come to the end. Already? Yeah, I know. It's been an hour. Oh, it's been an hour? Oh, my God. We've just been gab, gab, gabbing. Gibbling and gabbling. Also, I didn't ask any good questions. I like you, you were just like, I grew up in the church. You said your dad was, uh, he was what? He was a pastor. That's, I, this wasn't in my, was it? Did I just not read my research good? Anyway. We should end, but I do want to know what it was like to grow up in a Christian home. Okay, so it was, you know, Christianity on every end. It was up the ass, down the throat. It was, you know, (laughs) Christian school, church, youth group, Mm -hmm. at home, in the neighborhood, everywhere I went. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was kind of like the star of it all. like Because in school, it was a very small school. Mm-hmm. And it's like my dad was the pastor and my mom was like the worship team singing leader. Mm-hmm. And I was the sick kid um, that like needed special <laughs> attention. So I was really, it was really me. And everyone like knew that I was probably like a very feminine and very loving. Mm-hmm. The teacher's favorites in every class. So it was very main character energy. It feels very like a walk to remember. Like... 
was she the daughter of a pastor? I think she was. And, I, and she was like in the plays and everybody liked her. Am I remembering this movie correctly? I don't, I don't know. know. It seems like a fun movie that I would watch, like a young adult movie. It is. It is as absolutely a script. I was talking to my roommate the other day and I was like, I have so many, I think I've lived so many lives. Mm-hmm. Um, that I could totally just hire a ghostwriter and and write a memoir at the age of twenty seven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not just do it? I I would read it eventually. I mean, I went through yeah the whole stuff with the church and growing up queer and then growing up ill and then my dad died when I was young and then coming wait, how out, old were you when that happened? I was eleven. Oh dang! Yeah, that sucks. I was sixteen when my mom died. And I'm sorry. 11 is, I, that's wild. It was very wild. I mean, very traumatic um, to have that happen at such a young age. And then almost like two years after I was going into dialysis for kidney failure. Oh my God. So really, this is just a whole Fault in Our Stars movie. That's a better movie. Yeah. And I want them and I want them to cast me because I'm selfish and I love attention. <laughs> I'm like, I'll be playing myself, I'll also be directing and writing. Um, I love that. You could be your own Taika Waititi. I feel like yeah. he he writes and directs and acts and his things. Do it. And, but growing up in that way, you know, something that I've realized over the years is it makes you it's like no wonder I'm kind of a narcissist. Is because when there's all of this tragedy and attention surrounding your life, you start to think that the world revolves around you because there's so much happening to you. And, mm. so many, and so many people are telling you like, oh my gosh, you've just, you know, you've been through all this. And then suddenly you're on a TV show that's about you. And then you win that TV show. <laughs> and I think, I think what I really need right now is someone to come in and humble me. No. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe you're right. No. I, I don't want it. I don't know. I think you're fabulous. I don't think you need to be humbled. I think very few people need to be humbled. Unless you're like hurting people. I think being a little narcissistic is okay. I think. I don't know. Somebody in the comments will tell me that that's not okay and it's detrimental and they'll yeah, have no, cited we'll, the research. We'll have a comment that says kill yourself and I'll be like, okay, that, that was good. Thank you. That was the dose of humbling I needed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the good thing is if I do need any humbling, I can just... Yeah, just go through the comments. You'll go be to like, Reddit. Mm, mm. Go to Reddit. Reddit and I'll be like, is... oh, yep, took me down a step. Reddit is so mean. Lots of gentlemen on Reddit like to go, ugh, you don't, you're, you're single because you're fat. And I'm like, I don't think so. Because there's a lot of fat people who like are in relationships. So like, I don't think that's that. Oh my God, this person, speaking of like comments, we do have to go, but I'm having a nice time. Me too. Um, this person wrote this long, long, long comment on my, um, on my Instagram. Let's see if I can find it. Okay, so I made a joke about Elon Musk, whose name I never say right, the Tesla man, how he's <laughs> African-American because he's from South Africa <laughs> and that you're supporting a black business when you buy a Tesla. <laughs> 
and this person didn't like that joke. They oh said, Nicole, God. you're cool, but can't rock with these ignorant statements. I know you're trying to be funny and all, but nah. You asked the question, why won't you date me? Well, poor attempts at humor like that, or why a brother won't. I hear you're into white guys, but I don't believe it. <laughs> Even though you're fly. I've seen since you're live before. She's Even great. though you're fly. <laughs> these statements of shaking my head. Just be careful of what you say. You can't be on a dope black show like Grand Crew and talk about sucking white guys dicks and all these white guys are so fine etc and not even mention brothers i hear sashir has a man i hope he's black but i digress i'm not tripping i'm just saying that a lot of brothers feel when it comes to you and i was like there's a lot of issues coming at me in this one instagram post that is a very loaded (laughs) statement i think they may have seen so on Girl Code, I said I like my men sick, pale, and close to death. Again, a joke. It's a joke that I like fat white guys. It's a joke. And then in my special, I say I like to suck uh, uh, white dudes' dicks because I want their ancestors to cry. And I'm like, I don't know. How, I don't get how you don't get the back end of the the joke. It's a joke. Mm-hmm. And, it's a joke. And then I was, <laughs> I was like, I don't think Elon Musk is black. I don't. <laughs> I don't think I, it's, it's just it's a joke i don't know comments on instagram i guess i should just really stop reading them. but that one took me out i was like is this humbling what's happening are you confused sir what's going on mm-hmm. i don't know willow i could talk to you for forever but i do have to wrap it up because I, I, I have to watch something for another podcast you know we'll do all, all i'm you know in la Often, and I'll come and we'll go to get afternoon tea somewhere. I would love that very much, Willow. I ask almost all my guests this. I went I went a month where I didn't because, I don't know, I was going through it. And I was like, I'm going to change things about the podcast. And then I was like, why? Okay, Willow, would you date me? 1,000% I would date you. Oh. You're so fun to talk to. You know, I've been on a lot of first dates in the last month or so um i don't know why i think i just hate myself um <laughs> and they've all been very sweet mm-hmm. but there's but they're often just so boring and wait you've been on a lot of first dates again it's a dating podcast and i should have asked you about that so wait how many first <laughs> dates have you been on in the last month um maybe like four or five Wow, she's really dating. That's a lot of first dates. It's fun. I mean, I like first dates. I think they're fine. Um, And, you know, I've still kept up with some of them and chit-chat every once in a while. But I find, I don't know if you you can maybe relate to this, um, being on a a show like Drag Race, especially Mm -hmm. one that's so popular in the queer community, is, like, intimidating to a lot of them. Mm And I don't even mean to be like, oh, I'm so intimidating. <laughs> but it's just like I can tell that they're a little bit like hesitant to say anything at all. And then it just yes. comes off as like boring. Um, yeah. And, you know, they've all been very sweet. But I, I need someone now to kind of just have confidence and mm-hmm. be like, all right, let's go. Let's have fun. I don't give a shit that you're famous. I don't give a shit that you're talented. Let's role and be partners in crime and that's what i need do you find that that's also what i'm looking for absolutely i do feel like that sometimes i go out with people and they feel like just like a little reserved or like they're expecting me to be something that i might not necessarily be in just living life 
Yes. Um, yeah, because I've dated people who are like, wow, you're you're more um, low key in in life. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm in my kitchen. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no audience here except yeah. for the expired food in my refrigerator. Yeah, because I'm not in front of RuPaul being told to do an improv <laughs> about Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Willow, have you been in like a relationship, like a long term relationship at all? No, I haven't. I've, Me either. I've dated people. Like, I've, you know, been on little two or three month stints mm-hmm. with people. Um, but I've never been like, will you be my partner? Will you be my boyfriend? You know, mm. um, whatever it is. So, right now, I've been, I've been like talking to this guy right now for a while. He lives in the UK, though. Mm. Um, which is funny because when I went to London with my assistant, we were both like, oh, we're going to. What if we fall in love in London? <laughs> um, and then we both, I mean, I didn't fall in love, but we both did find people that we like kind of uh-huh, got, like- got swept up by. Um, and so that's the, the only thing I have going on right now is I'm just like chatting with this guy in London. Import them. Apparently imported uh, imported people are better. I don't know. My friend Michelle <laughs> Bito, she's always like, go Go to Amsterdam and get somebody. Can you call someone imported? <laughs> I think so. Imported goods. <laughs> no, but it's it's lovely. I don't know where, you know, if or when it'll go anywhere. But, um, yeah, for the time being, it's, it's it's nice. And then, you know, nothing nothing's really happening in the U.S. here, so. <laughs> I mean, maybe I should leave the country and find somebody. Okay, now we have to end because now we're... I could literally talk to you all day, but I have to do other shit. (laughs) Okay, Willow, I'm going to give you my number after we get off of this because when you're in LA, I do want to hang out. I think you're delightful and wonderful. And I know you're such good friends with Meatball and I fucking love Meatball. Meatball is one of my favorite fucking people. I asked her Mm -hmm. to do a show, Family Feud. We lost by 500 points. It was just like, like comedy Family Feud we lost (laughs) one of the questions was what do you lie about on your resume and meatball goes special skills and i was like no these are real people not actors and then the guy was like uh jakees who was hosting it was like we'll be more specific with special skills i was like people lie about special skills and then meatball goes horseback riding and i was like who (laughs) and obviously that was not on the board I love Meatball so much. She makes me laugh so hard. Uh, people her. confuse us, which is wild to me because we are two different colors. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we are You get confused very... for Meatball? Yes. <laughs> and people have used my image of me in uh, Trixie Drag. Trixie and uh, Mo Hart put me in drag. I remember that. And they have used that picture for like promoting meatball meatball at a show and it's happened i think two or three times now it's wild (laughs) (laughs) but yeah come hang out with us in la Uh, i will i will i'll come um hang out and it'll be an amazing time i can't wait do you have anything that you want to promote no (laughs) i mean if you have if you if you haven't already seen um, or listened to Angel featuring Cornbread the Snack Jeté, um, then please do that all over YouTube, Spotify, other listening platforms. But other than that, I'm taking a break. You are? Okay, great. Yeah. Do you have like a website for when you do start touring again? Um, willowpill.com. You can find my merch, my touring schedule. 
Um, yeah, all that jazz. Willowpill.com. Get that bucket merch. And if you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it, rate it, subscribe or whatever. Give me five stars. Um, and if you write me something dirty at why won't you date me podcast at gmail.com hitting on me, I will read it aloud. This person said, Hey Nicole, Ooh. heard the dirty messages are running low. So I'm coming at you with a doozy. I want to have a movie night with you where we eat salt and vinegar. Ew, chips. And when we finish the chips, <laughs> ew, I'll finger you with my salt and vinegar fingers. <gasps> you will climax uncontrollably as the vinegar tingles your labia. And then we will have anal. <laughs> as your vagina will be occupied filling the room with the smell of vinegary queefs. Oh. And after we're done, you will make us toast with your truffle butter. And I will wipe my dick on all the candles in your house. So when you like them to mask the queef smell at your house will smell like me, tee hee. <laughs> wow. Love from the UK. Okay, so I have to go to the UK. Yeah, That's let's where these go. fucking freaks are. I love that one. <laughs> that was a really good one. Whoever wrote that, that was poetry. This is from Joshua. They wrote their name. So Joshua, thank you so much. That truly made my day. Oh my God, the, the salty queefs. <laughs> Bye-bye. That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by, oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solo-Taroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. <laughs> This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.